0: Welcome to the Cordwainers In Their Shoes podcast. My name is Katie Greenia, and I'm the Creative Talent and Network Director at Pentland Brands. Cordwainers are shoemakers and today the worshipful company of Cordwainers works to promote footwear design and entrepreneurialship in both education and the fashion industry. To celebrate the company's 750th Anniversary, we have recorded this series to explore what it is like to live in the shoes of those who make them. Today I am joined by Joachim Sedmeyer, who as a child lived above a shoe store, developed his craft by attending a rigorous three year orthopaedic shoemaking apprenticeship, moved from Germany to London to study at Cordwainers College. Now London College of Fashion, Yakeem has worked with some of the coolest global footwear brands ever, and now is head of footwear at Paul Smith. Yakeem and I are both Cordwainers, members of the ancient city of London livery company, which has been supporting shoemakers for the past 750 years. Hi, Yakeem. Hi. How are you doing? (laughs) Good. (laughs) You look absolutely so dashing. (laughs) Very smart, beautiful glasses, lovely. Is it navy or black jacket?
1: It's a dark navy.
0: It's lovely to have you here this morning on this gorgeous day in London. Do you want to start off by telling me where are you from?
1: So I'm originally from Germany, but I've lived here for more than half of my life. So I consider myself as half and half. In fact, I've got, um, I've got a dual citizenship since last year. So yeah.
0: Is that congratulations?
1: Um, well, <laughs> yes, actually, because, um, you know, it gives me more choice. Let's put it that way. Yeah, but a small place in this very southern part of Germany. So,
0: And will we know it? Do you want to name it?
1: Um, yeah, it's called Dietenheim. It's really, really small. You might know the next nearest city, um, uh, Stuttgart. So it's kind of yeah. And about, do you go back area. a lot? Well, I ran away from it in my twenties, but now I go back with the kids and enjoy it for holidays, basically. Yeah. I, I hope do. we
0: get. I hope we get to the bit
1: how you ran away. Yeah. It does sound good. <laughs> yeah.
0: Tell us a bit about what your family did
1: so um, we had a shoe shop um, in fact we were living above a shoe shop, my mum ran it um, it was literally part of the house uh, a little village shoe shop catering from kids to women's to men's to sports shoes everything and I yeah I sort of I think I got shoes in my veins
0: so have always been around shoes yeah
1: yeah however I never wanted to you know it wasn't really a natural that I would get into shoes in fact I, I, I fought it a little bit at one point I wanted Become a gardener. Oh, did Um, you? And yet I ended up with shoes again. So, yeah.
0: What was it like living above uh, a footwear store? Well,
1: as I said, it was quite normal. For me, you know, you you heard the bell downstairs. It was almost like the doorbell. It was the second doorbell that went uh, quite normal. But I loved sort of being around the box, the shoeboxes, the deliveries. All of that happened uh, on the ground floor. And I can recall my friends always when they came, they they loved the smell of leather in our house. I couldn't smell it anymore. But yeah, as I said, it was in my veins. But it, um, yeah, friends always said, oh, it smells of new leather in here. But that was the whole house through and through. Yeah.
0: So in terms of education mm-hmm. what happened where did you go to school or you know what so, was your yeah. what was your path
1: So I went to a local local school uh, it's slightly different it's uh, not like sixth form and, and things like that but I did went to a local school and actually studied or, or wanted to study economics at one point but then the sort of design, the, the, the affinity for design sort of kicked in and, um, and, and also making. I, I kind of got more and more intrigued by product. And before I studied, I actually thought to myself, I want to know how these things down in our shop are actually made. And after looking around a bit um, in, in Germany, it's quite easy to, to get um, an apprenticeship or worse then. Um, I actually went to uh, start an apprenticeship with a, a master shoemaker or actually an orthopedic shoemaker, because that's how you make or learn how to make an, a made-to-measure shoe so they're they're literally made to individual feet or if there's something wrong with one foot so it's quite a complex um it, it takes 3 years to to work with a master and you go through examinations and you go to school for theory so yeah i've 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 got into shoes that way uh, i really wanted to know how is this uh, product made and then afterwards also i kind of i wanted to know a little bit more about you know um a fashion, you know, like shoe fashion. I, I really wanted to, to sort of get more into that.
0: So you learnt the craft. Yes. You learnt how to make. Yes. Then what happened?
1: So then I literally, I got a little bit bored because I learned the craft and it was all very traditional and it was all very, very nice, but it felt a little bit restrictive. And then, as I said earlier, I really liked getting into design and looking at design products and art and I picked up this article in a magazine that wrote, and we're talking late 80s, Patrick Cox, Emma Hope, Johnny Moke were in this German fashion magazine and they all went to this Cordwainer's College. And for me, that was like a real revelation. And I was like, wow, but that is in London. So that was a little bit of a tricky one. I, I But it, it opened my eyes to you know firstly what they did and what's possible and that was sort of the the passion started ignited then Uh, so i started looking around in germany um if there's any schools like that and there was shoemaking schools but they were again very technical there was no design flair attached to it and then sort of that filtered that one out quite quickly then the big decision sort of came I want to go to London. Um, That was quite a a long and interesting discussion in the house.
0: So, how did you find out more? Because obviously, no internet. No
1: internet, absolutely. So, So it was writing. It was it was literally writing writing letters, getting a prospectus sent, and um, with sending uh, them what I was doing, they were actually inviting me to show what I've done in a portfolio. And I, so my my first step was to go there. And, um, and, and when I saw it and when they saw me, it, it, it all worked really well and really quickly. They, they wanted me and I then was sold and I wanted to obviously go, go to the college.
0: So going back a step, yeah. what did your family say?
1: Well, so there was two camps. My dad was like, you're crazy. <laughs> and my mum was like, if you really want it, we'll find a way. And and that was um, that was then the the sort of the the, the opening or the foot in the door. Uh, I worked all the summers I had in between the the college years. I worked uh, actually back in Germany, uh, night shift in a factory to get to accumulate money that that lasts me for nearly the year, not not the whole year. But also for the last year at college, I got a grant. Um, there is a there is a a grant set up in Germany for further education abroad or at the time there was a grant Uh, so I had my shoemaking apprenticeship and this was counted as further education in it and I managed to get this grant which helped me immense. It was meant to be? It was meant to be yeah. I love it when things are meant to be. (laughs) No it it really it it really was and it was uh, also arriving in London was a big thing for me.
0: How did you feel when you arrived in London?
1: It was it was really it was it was a bit like in a movie it sounds corny but it was um I still remember the day it was in august 91 and I got off this uh off the tube actually in in Walsamstow, which is now very trendy it was <laughs> it wasn't then trust me um and uh, my first uh, month I spent in a, a, a ymca because that was the, the place you could stay for longer and sort of short-term leds and uh, yeah it was it was just this sort of big you know movie scene like getting getting here and then looking around and I fell in love with London immediately I yeah. think
0: what a lot of people forget is how difficult it was to set up stuff like that in yeah. those days because yeah. you couldn't just go online go
1: google earth yeah, google, google, no, yeah. None, none and I think it's, yeah.
0: it's so incredibly difficult just to find out where you're College was near to a flat. Near to how do you find out about a flat without being in the country? And you yeah. did remarkably well to even find Wolfram Stowe in a way.
1: <laughs> I, it, <laughs> or did Wolframstow find you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it took a while, but yes, I mean a lot of homework had to be done uh, from literally from from abroad uh, before you could even step on that plane to make sure that you find your way there. Because if not you're stranded Uh, but yeah it did work somehow and yeah
0: so what was your first thoughts about London
1: I it was just this exciting feeling about this bigger place and immediately it was just a really good feeling I I don't know how else to describe it and it's still there (laughs) Which, but, is, which, yeah, is which is wonderful. Yeah. I still have that about London. Yeah, though. it's, um, yeah.
0: So tell us a little bit more about you. What do you like doing in your spare time?
1: Well, if there is any spare time, it's usually family stuff. I, I obviously uh, yeah, live in London with two kids, so you're, you're kind of quite busy after work. But we, uh, you know, as a family, we, we like uh, like looking at art. I like doing a little bit of sport on weekends.
0: What sport do you do?
1: Uh, cycling. It's it's um, yeah, I do that, but it's literally once a week. But it's a, a big ride. How
0: do you think your upbringing influenced who you are today?
1: Um, it definitely influenced me in the sense of uh, we have a, a good social life. We 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 like having people around. Um, I grew up in a house where the door was always open. Friends, family, in and out. And I feel like although we live in London, we, we have that same feeling because the advantage in London is that your friends are relatively close usually. Uh, we Where we live in London, we've lived for a while, so we know half the street and it's really quite nice socially. So we are, yeah, I think that's a big influence.
0: And does your family visit you a lot from Germany? The,
1: yes, they used to. And I've got, I'm one of five, I'm the youngest of five. Oh so my goodness. yes, I've got a constant, even the same. Second generation their kids uh, you know stopping by. Which that's is something. nice though isn't yeah, it? Yeah yeah it's lovely.
0: After Cordwainers you're we've got something in, in common yes. and that's Red or Dead. <laughs> yes. How did you find that as your first job?
1: It, it, <laughs> it, it was a bit like arriving in London it was a bit like wow I mean, it, it was such a dream thing. Um, the way I I, I got uh, the job was actually through Cordwainers College. Um, it was a project set by by Wayne uh, and at the company, and I won it. So I was like the winner, and that got me a work a print, uh, work um, internship and. That was the first step, and then whilst I was there, they offered me a job. So it was it was exactly like it was like wow I, wow I couldn't believe it because I actually got the offer letter whilst I went back that summer after the internship. I went back home because the idea of the college and the grant to get from Germany was always to come back and practice your skills back in Germany or wherever you, because that's why we got that grant or where I got that grant. But of course that job offer lured me straight back in. And it was at the time Red o Dead was the company to work for. Wayne was amazing. You know, the whole, it was like a family, a second family. It was great. I, I loved it.
0: It was a group of mavericks, wasn't yeah, it? Like,
1: absolutely. Um, incredible, brilliant. Brilliant, incredible, yeah, absolutely. Incredible, incredible first job.
0: Yeah. Then you went on to Jones the Bootmakers, your own business, and then Paul Smith, and Skyve, and then Jaywalk. It seems that you've had so many varied experiences of brands. What's been the most challenging, the most fun, and why?
1: Um, the most challenging? 100% Skyve, which was um, our own brand. I, I started that with a business partner at the time, thinking that, You've worked for Jones a Bootmaker Church Group. Uh, I worked as a freelancer in America a bit with uh, Coach and Calvin Klein. You've done all this work for all these people, so you know now how things work so let's do our own brand and, uh, and it doesn't work like that. <laughs> you think you know it, but um, actually um, it was very, very hard. It was another great experience because it's just so different if you work for someone else or if you try and build that brand or up um, uh, to a brand level, it's just very, very hard. So the most challenging 100% was, was Skive the most fun was probably um, just because uh, just before the kids, I was traveling to America a lot uh, because I got this job of uh, that was a freelancer, working for a, a company that held the license for jo- uh, for Coach and Calvin. So I was traveling to New York quite regular. And so it was great fun, uh, great fun, and, and I had really nice um, workings work uh, friends and experiences over there as well.
0: It seems that you can seamlessly mix design flair, commercial success and great leadership style. How are you successful in all these roles and what do you enjoy the most?
1: I think I enjoy everything a little bit, you know. I enjoy everything at, at, uh, at, at, at the same level in a sense. So it, it all comes together. I love product. I love people. Um, I love um, making things work. And, and and in a way, that to me, you know, helps me to, to, to make this, you know, to, to, to make it work on a daily basis because it is a little bit of everything every day now. But I don't have a, a, a more passion for one than another. It's, it's really turned into this equal sort of slices of, you know working with people, managing people, as well as still being involved in product, which is also just as important for me. So that combination is really ideal for me. I really quite like that.
0: What would a normal day in your life look
1: like? getting up really early, (laughs) dropping the kids at school or at the respective uh, bus stops now because they're a bit older, which is then, you know, we're talking 7.20 in the morning, done with that. Either popping back to the house quickly and then, uh, you know, switch over vehicles or, or, uh, you know, get on the bike or in the car and, and go to work. So I'm usually one of the first ones in. Um, so it's usually an early start, which is great. I actually quite like that because um, I can get a lot of admin things out of the way then. And so being in way before nine um, helps me to get settled and make a little plan for the day. And then I'm sort of ready when Design comes in from 9.30, 10 o'clock onwards. Then I get bombarded with questions, meetings start, products, uh, you know, looking at products. Um, all of that starts then for the rest of the day. Um, and then, yeah, back home again. The kids, as I said, are old enough to look after themselves now. So basically home in the evening, and uh, that's usually a day.
0: So- how did you go back to Paul Smith? I feel like we've missed out a chunk. So yeah. so, so you had you can you explain yeah. Yeah. almost the the, 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 the sequence cuz I feel it. like I'm yeah. out of step with so, the, the yeah. sequence.
1: So so Paul Smith um uh, I was approached um, by the Overland Group that held the Paul Smith license um, way back. I think it was about sixteen years now uh, to work um, with uh, the design team on 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 um, on an employed basis. I was freelancing up until then, and then the license actually got brought in house after one and a half years. So then I actually uh, moved. In house because Paul got the license back in-house. So then I started working for Paul himself the first time because I'm there the second time now. And after about two years, I stopped working there because our first child was born. And um, I started, I basically became a house husband for six months. So my wife went back to work pretty much, pretty soon after he was born. And I then um, basically was at home going freelance again. And this is where then New York came in, where I started travelling. Um, yeah, so so I was gonna say yeah. you sound
0: like you sound like you're a domestic goddess too, <laughs> which is so annoying. No, 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 no.
1: <laughs> That's why it was only six months. So <laughs> didn't last that long. But uh, yeah, we all survived those first six months. And then yeah, because we were both working and nanny came in and you know, took over, <laughs> basically made the household work. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so then you went back to Paul Smith.
1: Yeah, after so so I had then my own company. So I was freelancing, working uh, with New York a lot. We tried working on Skype, I worked with a partner, and then yes, about ten years ago now, uh, or nine years actually to be precise, I went back to Paul Smith. Uh, I got this phone call which came at the right time. I said, you know, the biggest struggle was Skype. We were thinking, where is this going? And I got this phone call saying, would you like to head up the design team? And I was, let me think for two seconds and said, yes. <laughs> you know, um, so it was it was really good. It worked out really well, yeah.
0: Do you have any handwriting or details that go into your footwear? Any Anything that you think, oh, that has to have?
1: Yeah, well, I, I'm really, because I'm sort of, quite commercially I, I make sure that it's in the or with the handwriting with the brand so with Paul it's very much about Paul's details you know you, you learn quite quickly the quirkiness and the, the ideas he wants in the shoe and sometimes he's very persistent on what he wants and it's fantastic that way I would say if it's any details with me I would always add a little quality thing you know my my big fights are always when I add the slightly nicer leather or the slightly nicer outsole because it lasts better I'm still sort of connected to this good quality product and I really think that comes from from the making part so I I, if I can have a nicer quality bit I'll try and sneak it in until the price discussion starts. Do
0: you think that Having learnt the craft from the orthopedic apprenticeship that you did in Germany has set you up in good stead for the role that you currently play Def- at Paul Smith. Definitely,
1: I, I definitely think so. It, it it actually even helped me to get into Cordwainers College a lot because. A lot of the students had design experiences. They got in, they wanted to learn how to make. I had the making experience and wanted to learn how to design. So it helped me get into college in the first place. And even now, you know, after so many years, it's still really good because fundamentally, although things are changing in the footwear industry, but fundamentally, the last, the insole, the the constructions are still there. And it's really good to know them inside out.
0: Do you think your shoes are more comfortable because you have that knowledge? (laughs)
1: Um, <laughs> comfort is a very important factor, but it also comes with price. So really it does depend, you know, like in, in Paul Smith, for instance, we have a, a main line, like the high-end line and the PS line, and there comes in, you know, the, the compromises of what you can put into a shoe. But of course, I, I, you know, I, I like to look at good quality and comfort where, where I can.
0: What has been your most challenging project or collaboration?
1: uh again i keep going back to it but the own brand sky was really most challenging with everything you know with um because you're not just designing you're not just making you're also selling you also become a merchandiser you become a financer you know it's it's so many things so that's certainly been the most challenging uh project with regards to collaborations i think we've done quite a few with with paul smith and even when i was at at um sky we we we've done some i think they're 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 not challenging i think they're great fun i think uh, i never really had a clash as such because i think when it gets to this point where there is a collaboration it um it's already a, a good thing that have, you know that leads to a nicer thing so
0: what has been the most defining moment in your career red or dead really yeah. is that when you a, 100%
1: thought- I, I i would have left the uk after college and found a job somewhere in germany in a shoe factory or a producer uh, the fact that i stayed here and it led to a job um and led to more jobs and in uh, the family in the end you know 20 nearly 30 years on Hundred percent had the biggest impact. Also, I probably in the first three years at Red Dead, I heard every single joke you can do about Germans from Wayne Hemingway. So <laughs> definitely um, the biggest, <laughs> biggest impact. I can impact. totally imagine that. <laughs> but great fun, great fun.
0: Who or what inspires you?
1: I mean, again, you know, I work for Paul's, Paul Smith. Paul is certainly a source of inspiration in the sense of design as well as, uh, you know, admiration for the energy level, the never, never really um, being comfortable about things. Always, it's fantastic to work, work with him as a person. But generally, I, I like looking at architecture art and all that inspires me you know equally for for everything else but um,
0: if you'd like us to know three things about you what would they be
1: passionate about product positive about people and always looking for solutions i think
0: oh they're lovely i i, three I, re- I
1: really don't think i uh, because you come across a lot of problems on a daily basis and i, I really take that stance to say what's the solution rather than so yeah, but, uh, and I love good product, <laughs> and I love people. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> They're
0: nice three things. And I totally agree with them. But what have you done that you're most proud of?
1: Again, it probably sounds a bit corny, but Surviving in London for nearly 30 years with a family and still a roof above us, uh, I think that's a, that's a big achievement. Especially as your starting because, point was Walthamstow. Yeah, exactly. I mean, um, yeah.
0: And were you based in Mare Street as well? well? Yes, yes. So you went Hackney and Walthamstow.
1: Absolutely. We were, Interesting. We, before it even thought about being cool there, that's when we were there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and they weren't easy times, were they? No,
1: no, not at all. Um yeah so
0: what would you be if you weren't a footwear designer?
1: I think a product designer or architect. Sometimes at college I was thinking why didn't I study architecture? Cuz it was sort of that that next level. I quite like a little bit of technicality and 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 design. So architect probably.
0: But still 3D forms.
1: Yes, 100%.
0: We are both judges of the Cordwainer's Footwear Awards. How have you found it over the last couple of years
1: fantastic really really inspiring again because it's um, how designers and design has moved on how footwear is moving on quite rapidly now it's really nice to see the skill set how it changed you know it was it, it, you know everything's designed on computers now and you know it's it's fantastic to see the just the progression of the last, you know, two decades, and to see that, is, is, is great.
0: Do you have any apprentices at Paul Smith, or where do you we, seek we, out your talent?
1: Yes, we have. We we have started with interns, uh, but now we've switched over to to paid uh, design assistants uh, on a sort of six monthly to yearly basis. Out of college, um, we. Yes, we, we look at colleges. We look at um, LCF or Cordwainers, St. Martins. Sometimes they find us and sometimes we find them. It's really quite, it's interesting. Again, it's also a personal thing. You know, when people find you, you kind of look at them differently than when you have to find them sometimes. So, I yeah, um, I like it. We have it. Every six months we, we have sort of a rota.
0: And how do you find nurturing and n- nourishing um, that talent within your business?
1: Again, also interesting because it's always um, you know dependent on personality, but it's funny to see that at the end of the six months, they always it, it's they always make such big leaps you know you could almost employ uh, after six months almost every single person you you, you had there uh, which is great um it's great to see that um yeah quite they're quite they come quite skilled and you know and and are ready to almost start
0: i bet they love having you as their mentor
1: well you know we're a team you know it's it's not just me i mean i'm I'm sort of daddy in the office Uh, we're a design team with six people and you know it's, it's it's a really nice atmosphere so it's all of us always you know working with people
0: so now we're on the quick fire questions
1: okay uh, fire.
0: are you ready that means on, quick let me,
1: okay very quick okay. okay
0: so if you could talk to the prime minister what would you say
1: stop waffling give more practical tips
0: <laughs> last thing you designed
1: Um, a a sole unit that will come out in autumn, winter 22. I've just looked at the maquette today.
0: And are you pleased with it?
1: Uh, it needs work.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What fashion trend do you just not get? Bling. Oh, you don't like bling?
1: I love bling. (laughs) Well, there's the right kind of bling and the wrong kind of bling.
0: Are you a morning or a night person?
1: Definitely a morning person.
0: Marmite. Love, love it. it. Do you? Love it. I thought, because you were German, you were going to say, I no, hate love it, it, weirdly, that I would think that
1: about you. <laughs> love it.
0: <laughs> had you had it before you came to no. London?
1: No. It was a real um, yeah love or hate experience, and I love it.
0: <laughs> if you were stranded on a tropical island, what two things would you want with you?
1: A Swiss army knife and my wife, Oh, but that's... not for those <laughs> reasons, <laughs> for survival reasons. <laughs>
0: should get you through (laughs) yeah when are you most productive
1: i think in the mornings alone in a quiet room actually
0: what was the last thing you fixed
1: uh a a tire off my bike
0: tea or coffee
1: um started with tea it's all the way coffee now What made you change? Um, uh, Taste buds. I think I tell the kids taste buds change with age. I'm getting to that age and I like coffee. But I used to, when I got here, I used to only drink tea. And probably about 10 years ago, switched to coffee. Love it now.
0: Could you survive in the wilderness for a week?
1: I would think so, especially with my Swiss Army knife.
0: What songs do you know off by heart?
1: Let It Be. Do you? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's good. That's a good song. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Would you rather be too hot or too cold?
1: I think too cold because I could sort of cycle myself hot or warm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> On a scale of one to ten, how cool are you?
1: Minus ten.
0: You're, you're <laughs> definitely you're, not cool. That's such a lie <laughs> because he's way so cool.
1: <laughs>
0: I'd say that you are probably ten. Oh. Yuki, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure to walk in your shoes. If we wanted the listeners to know more about you, your work, or Paul Smith, where would they go?
1: Just contact me. Uh, really happy to help. I get uh, inquiries on LinkedIn uh, quite often. or yeah, I'm, I'm very open to help anyone with any tips, especially around you know, Ryan Shoes. Um, LinkedIn is probably the best source. You can find me there.
0: Brilliant. For more interest in Cordwainers Livery, please visit our website, cordwainers.org or our Instagram at Worshipful Quadrainers. It's been a joy, absolute joy. <laughs> you have totally made my Tuesday afternoon.
1: Thank you so much. I had a great time. It's brilliant too. Me too. <laughs> Thank you.